This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. This is second part with Ingela Schielin. And in the, in the first part, we were discussing about activity board that she have developed in the in the Skåne University Hospital to improve the adherence to rehabilitation program with with patients and we discussed a lot how how it is actually very challenging for patients they are busy the nurses are changing they don't have much time and the activity board can have all people on the same page they know that what is being prescribed and how is the how is the progress so we are continuing the discussion now and you wanted to discuss a little bit about the problem with the prescription what what do you see as the problem with the prescription i think that uh, today we are uh, as i mentioned also earlier that uh, the prescription isn't clear or and uh, in some time sometimes we are only giving the prescription verbally to to the patient and um, if we compare to how we prescribe physical activity in secondary prevention we use the fit model and the fit model it stands for f frequency i intensity t uh, time and the other t type And uh, you can compare this with uh, when you are prescribing medicine. It's exactly the same way of prescribing uh, something. And to use a model when you are prescribing, it gives you a standardized way of prescribing things. And if everybody is using the same way to prescribe things, it gets more Uh, it's easier to uh, follow up and it's easier for people to read it and and so on uh, especially for the patient and uh, and also it's easier for the staff to follow up a standardized very concise prescription because then you also know it, whether you need to increase the frequency you or, or increase the pre- prescription or decrease it in terms of uh, the time the patient should be doing something or uh, the frequency of doing things or the load you have put on uh, the patient should be changed in some way so if you don't have a baseline prescription then it's really hard to know if you should increase or decrease your description or prescription sorry so and i think we are lacking in uh, in hospital care with a clear prescription yeah and in the in the first part we we had the example patient who had been in the bypass surgery and how many days they are in the hospital and do you actually need progression during that time will the for example the intensity of frequency change in these four 
exercises or for activities that you you told us or or is it basically the same for the duration of hospital stay well the patient is normally staying uh, for uh, two or three days uh, at the days where they have been going through the surgery and then they are moved to can they can be moved to another hospital closer to where they live uh, where the patients live and uh, they stay there for another a couple of days to recover and see that everything heals properly and that the patients feel good and uh, that they can come home uh, because it all also needs some planning to get home and during these days you need to do a progression in the prescription and also maybe you need to add something uh, to the prescription as uh, climbing stairs or maybe you uh, need to uh, follow up the exercise program or follow up so the patient um, patient's breathing is okay and and so on so um, you need to follow up the patient during this time and also see if you can increase or decrease need to decrease the prescription yeah so i i didn't think about this that they actually change hospital often so it's a one more complication for the exercise prescription that basically everything changes only the patient is is the same but everybody around changes and and you were working in the university hospital so you basically saw only these first two to three days and then they were transferred to other hospital usually i was working in uh, in malmo and they were they have the surgery in lund so they stay uh, for the first days in Lund, and then they are um, moved to um, Malmö. Okay, yeah. So a lot of things. And if we discuss about the effectiveness, I understood there's, there's some scientific studies done in relation to this activity board and the prescription. How how were the findings of these scientific studies? Or first, what, what was studies? How, how, how was it studied and what were the findings? Yeah, the first uh, study is a um, quantity study that is done by Karolinska Institute, um, 130 uh, colorectal cancer patients, that um, half of the patients uh, used the met- method, the activity board, uh, as a uh, mobilization method or rehabilitation method. And half of the group used uh, uh, usual care or they, they have the ERAS model and ERAS stands for enhanced recovery after surgery. And both of the groups, they got uh, accelerometers on and they also measured the patient in baseline to see that their physical status didn't differ very much. Uh, from the both groups but they were quite similar so uh, and the results showed that the patients who were using the activity board patients and staff that group using the activity board as a method uh, when mobilization or doing the rehabilitation they were up walking 300% more than the other group compared to the other group and um, they also measured the time, the, the stay 
at hospital. And it showed that the patient using this mo- uh, method were leaving the hospital one day earlier. So, and one day at a hospital uh, costs uh, in Sweden in general 15,500 Swedish krona. So, uh, I mean, it's a lot of money to save and a lot of resources to, to save as well when you're actually just following a prescription a little bit better. And the other studies is uh, done, uh, quality studies done by, um, they have done deep interviews with the patients and the third third study is deep interview with the healthcare staff and the first study there uh, with this with the patient with the patients shows that the patients they feel uh, motivated and engaged uh, when using this method and uh, the prescription is a lot more clear for them. They know what to do and also what has been done and they can make a plan of their day what they need to do uh, in terms of uh, rehabilitation. And also they know how they can um, add or how they can do it themselves instead of just uh, receiving um, receiving care from the staff they are active themselves in their rehabilitation and that's very satisfying for for the patients and the staff they feel that they can more easily do a resource planning during the day they know what patients needs uh, help with rehabilitation and also what kind of help they need whether they need help with a breathing exercise or it's it's the uh, mobilization in the corridor that needs to be done uh, so it's easier for the staff to prioritize and also help each other uh, during the day and um, also, the, they feel that they are working more in a person-centered uh, way with the patient. And that's something that's uh, very important in, in Sweden to put the patient in, in the center and uh, the team is working around the patient. So um, uh, the study also is showing this. And uh, they also, uh, the responsible responsible doctor can more easily know when it's time to discharge the patient when they can see that um, the activity has been done and the patient is now ready to to leave yeah so quite a strong evidence from from these three studies that it it really is beneficial for the from the patients find it patients find it uh, beneficial the staff find it beneficial and also from the accelerometer measurement it was shown that there was much more activity and and the persons got out of hospital earlier so how how do you see now could you tell a little bit about the evolution like of the product itself how how was the first version and where are you taking it why have you developed it further what was the what was the kind of the downsides of the first version and how is the progress uh, yeah i actually started uh, more than 
10 years ago with an, just a an simple, this big analog board hanging next to the patient. And I did, uh, I had a little questionnaire to 10 patients. They answered uh, questions about what they thought about the method and, uh, and the board hanging next to the patient and so on. And it was only positive uh, reactions and, and answers from the patients. So this developed to uh, a lot of whiteboards uh, hanging uh, next to the patient's bed on the ward. And to next version, it was a, a metal board I developed. And uh, then these studies um, came out with very good results. And that was also my clinical feeling working with the boards on the ward. So I thought I need to, I mean, uh, patients need to get use of these boards uh, in a wider range. So I uh, went to Lund University Innovation uh, Department and they thought it was a good idea to, uh, a good idea. So they wanted to uh, develop it and they said, let's go from analog to digital instead. And I've, I had, I had thought about that, but it was really hard and it cost a lot to change from analog to digital. Uh, so, but they, uh, I got uh, money and uh, we developed it from analog to a digital board, first version, but it was still not that good so I could enter the market. So I continued uh, developing it and uh, we became a, a real company and we are now a company in um, Smile Incubator in Lund, that's one of Sweden's largest health science and life science incubator. And we have got a lot of financial and regulatory and so on help from them. And we have continued developing both our company and the product. So uh, this autumn, uh, it actually came out on the market and it's a 13 inch touch screen. It, well, it's a software and on, on this, uh, the software, the method is developed in a software and presented in a uh, 13 inch hardware. And uh, it stands uh, next to the patient and the patient uh, interacts with uh, the board. Yeah, so probably the analog was good that there was no complication of charging or or that it's quite quite simple. Of course, there you cannot have much guideline for the exercises or, or these kind of things. What kind of things you have added to a digital version? Like the basic one was just the green and red red dots. What what extra do you have in the digital version? What was the rationale behind? Yeah, to begin with, I have I haven't done. Uh, very much um, that's different from the analog to the digital uh, apart from uh, there are more uh, rewarding features in the analog no I'm sorry in the in the uh, digital version but I have in pipeline now more developing coming up so I I'm going to but I don't know if I'm going to spoil 
what I'm going to do. Or, but there are a lot of things that is going to be changed or a lot of things. That sounds strange. But uh, we, are, we are going to develop it so after the market's needs. And uh, I mean, it's, it's easier to with with a uh, digital uh, board than an analog i mean an analog you can't do very much uh, a digital a digital version is um, easier and more flexible and uh, you can also collect data uh, with this yeah and and you said that you you launched it in the autumn last year do you al- already have it in in some hospitals in in pilots or in in actual use yeah we have tried it in a pilot Karolinska has done a uh, feasibility study and uh, it's still uh, on um, publishing phase. Uh, so, well, we don't really know yet when the study will be published, but we think or believe that uh, uh, later this year the study will be published. But we are also now entering, uh, probably entering a pilot study in uh, and in hospitals in, in Sweden at the moment. For most sedentary behavior and physical activity researchers, collecting the research data is one of the most frustrating steps of a project, especially as inefficient data collection steals too much of your precious time, causes unnecessary stress and hassle, and can easily derail progress of your project. This is why we devised a revolutionary new way to collect data, introducing Fibian Sense Motion, the beginning of a new era. Fibian Sense Motion is a cutting-edge next-generation system that allows you to easily and remotely collect, store, and manage data. Our solution features a tiny, waterproof device that captures the sedentary behavior and physical activity data, a mobile app for automatic uploading of the data from the device, and a cloud service for managing the data. Even better, all collected data is GDPR compliant, and you have access to automatically analyzed variables of activity types and raw 3-axis accelerometer data. Don't compromise on the quality of your research or the project timeframes. Discover the convenience and power behind our solution at sense.fibian.com. That is S-E-N-S dot Fibian.com. Fibian, created by researchers for researchers. Yeah, and if, if any of the listeners are interested, you can be in contact with Ingela and, and yeah, we had a quick quick discussion, initial discussions, whether it would make sense to to include Fibian device to measure the physical activity and, and it would be kind of automatic that you would get get from the walking parts. Of course you cannot get the breathing breathing exercise or maybe they're sitting in the armchair you could you could you could get compared to lay, laying down. So so we are we are looking of course it's always a balance between keeping it simple and and very easy to use than than adding different. So I think it probably takes some testing for you to strike the balance that this is the best fit for hospitals. Yeah, I've already got an idea of how we can uh, do it and how we can display it for the patient and what we should display for the patient. 
and what we should display for for the staff because it's of course more interesting to it's of course interesting for the patient as well to see how much they have been moving and so on in in um, measured data and not just uh, objective uh, data but as you say there's always a balance of how much data you should built in and uh, how much you should show for the patient and how complicated you should make it because then it tends not to be used if it it's uh, too complicated and if there are too many layers for the patient to go through then all of a sudden it takes too much attention and too much energy from the patient then they feel that it's not worth it and it tends not to be done and, but if you but I, th- I believe that the staff would be really interested both in uh, to do scientific publications, of course, to have measured data. That's a lot better, of course. And um, also to, to get measured data on a daily basis to see how the patient actually is uh, progressing or uh, if the patient is not progressing. Then we come back to the prescription again, if I should increase or decrease the prescription. Yeah, so important data also for physios. Yeah, very interesting discussion and very, very nice product. We are we are running out of our recording time, so we will wrap up here the second part. Thank you, Ingela. It was very, very nice discussions. Oh, thank you very much, Oli, for uh, having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.